Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Everybody, this is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, it's that time, that time of the week where we give a pat on the back to the entities that deserve one. Uh, this is a time for those of you that are new listeners out of Alaska, for instance. This is the time where the worthy get recognized in the form of. The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. That's right. Commendations abound. First and foremost, today's a big day for trick-or-treaters and those that like candy. And I have to give a commendation to people that give full-size candy bars to trick-or-treaters. Now, most people don't. Most people go and they get a bag of generic Halloween candy. That's the worst. That's the worst thing that you should do. I mean, the worst thing is to not give any candy. But the worst thing is then after that, just going and getting generic candy. But then most people do what I think my wife and I have done. You mix and match, right? You get a whole bunch of different types of candy. You put it in the bowl, and then you let the kids either take what they want or you grab a handful and give it to them. But every once in a while, you come across a household where they give full-sized candy bars, full-sized Hershey's or um, Kit Kats or Crunch Bars or Butterfingers, not the minis that they give away in doctor's offices or something. No. There are some households that give away full-size candy bars to trick-or-treaters. And I remember as a child, and I I spent a lot of time trick-or-treating as a child, As a child, you come across one of these houses that gives away full-size candy bars. It's like winning the lottery. I mean, it's huge for a a 9-year-old, a 10-year-old. So if you want a commendation, join the ranks of those who are giving away full-size candy bars today. I must also commend Barcelona. You know, soccer is a big deal all over the world, including in Spain. And Barcelona is doing something that they don't generally do because they're going next month is the World Cup. And Barcelona is not going to be offering public viewing venues to watch Spain's games in the World Cup. 
as they normally do. Now, why? And why would I be giving them a commendation? Because the World Cup is going to be in Qatar. And the mayor of Barcelona said her city does not support holding the soccer tournament in a dictatorship. Good for her. The Barcelona mayor um, said, uh, Ada Calau, that um, she doesn't abide by this. And she's not going to endorse this contest being held in Qatar. They were awarded the rights to host the um, World Cup for, and it's very controversial. There are some places in France that are also not showing the games. So uh, Kalau said, the mayor, that her city government would not dedicate public resources nor public spaces for the viewing of a World Cup that is being held in a dictatorship. It is a mistake to organize a global sports event which should promote democratic values, peace, and human rights in a dictatorship. I completely agree with her. I think that uh, the human rights groups that have criticized the choice of Qatar as the World Cup host for their treatment of gays, migrant workers, and others, I think they're right on the money. And uh, I think that uh, the mayor of Barcelona, I give her some credit here for doing that. I have to give credit as well to former and future president Luis Inacio Lula da Silva, a fella that they just call uh, Lula. He was the former president of Brazil, a left winger. And this runoff election in Brazil was absolutely fascinating to watch because you have on the right... Bolsonaro. And Bolsonaro is a right-wing populist. On the left, you had Lula, who was a left-wing populist. Picture picture a contest in the general election between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. That is precisely what Brazil just had. And yesterday, the winner of that election was Lula. Now, I'm not endure, I'm not commending Lula because of his policies. He had some policies that I thought were a little bit out there, although I will say that when he left the presidency, when he was term limited out 12 years ago, he was the most popular world leader in the entire world. The most popular president in the entire world among his own constituents. So Lula then was convicted and imprisoned. Three years ago, this guy was in prison and now he is going he's going into his third term you talk about a comeback this is extraordinary absolutely extraordinary now i don't think lula is going to have as easy a time as he did when he was president the first two times i don't know how closely you follow brazilian politics but bolsonaro's party controls a lot of the key governorships and i think they actually control a majority in the legislature. So it's going to be very difficult for Lula to kind of run roughshod. He also had to enter into a coalition with some centrist groups. Uh, I think even the vice president is a centrist. So it's not going to be this sort of left-wing paradise, as was the case uh, when he was the president the last time. But I, I can't help but admire this. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people are upset about this result. I think you go from being imprisoned... To getting your conviction nullified 
to the presidency, I, I find that to be a remarkable comeback. And you know me, uh, like a lot of other folks, I love a good comeback story. I also have to commend Kendall Cummings. Kendall Cummings is a college wrestler who didn't think he would fight a bear on a weekend and live to tell about it. But sure enough, when a grizzly bear attacked his wrestling teammate, Brady Lowry, Cummings leapt in to save him. October 15th, the two sophomores at Northwest College were wrapping up a day of hunting for antlers with wrestling teammates. And then there was a loud crash, and he sees a bear, Cummings, sees a bear on top of Lowry in between the thick trees. When he saw the bear mauling his friend, Cummings first tried shouting to scare it away. Didn't work. Then he threw stones and rocks at the grizzly bear's direction. Didn't work. Then this young wrestler acted on instinct. He leapt in and grabbed the bear, distracting it enough to free Lowry. Then, as you might imagine, the bear charges at Cummings twice. And Cummings had previously read about what to do in a bear attack. But none of that information had been about grizzly bears. So in any case, there wasn't time to think. What did he do? What would you do? You know what I do? I have no idea what I'd do. I hope I, I could outrun my friend. Um, I'm joking. You know what he did? He played dead. This grizzly bear is right in front of him, charging at him. He plays dead. So he, he curls up, and that's apparently what you're supposed to do when, when you're in the midst of a grizzly bear attack. Play dead, cover your head and your neck with your hands and arms, remain quiet, and lie flat on your stomach. And what felt like moments later, Cummings watched the bear walk away. After the grizzly bear left, Cummings got up and moved down the mountain. By then, one of his other friends had already called 911. This kid has got a lot of gumption. You know a lot of people would not have jumped in to save their friend. I don't care how good a friend you are. There's a lot of folks that would have let that kid fend for himself against a bear. This is a real, I mean, look, I don't like to endorse hunting, but in Wyoming, that's what they do. This kid's a hero and very quick-witted and very brave. So I give uh, I give Kendall Cummings a wholehearted and sincere commendation. I must also give a commendation to Johnny Can, Johnny Can of Rocky Point, a barber. I'll tell you, I'm sure my hair's getting a little long. I may have to ask my barber for an appointment. I'm sure that'll take two weeks. Johnny Can knew right away something was suspicious about a man who stepped foot into his barbershop. He says the guy later cut two catalytic converters off a box truck and tried to get away. Johnny Can jumped into action. He went from giving haircuts to helping, I don't know, cut, try to cut down on crime in New York. And he knew that something was wrong when Danny Daniel Labby 
stepped foot into his barber shop. He said it was Saturday, 9 o'clock in the morning. He walked in, looked around, eyeballs big, looked around like, is anyone seeing me? The barber fought as a tank infantryman with the Turkish military in northern Iraq back in the 90s. He said he sniffed trouble. He goes outside. I cut another guy, go outside to look for him. As soon as I turned the corner, he was sneaking with a sawzall in his hand and a converter trying to get into his car. A barber shop on Long Island released the security camera video, the owner of the shop running across a parking lot. The shop owner says he chased a man who stole these catalytic converters from the truck. Police later caught the suspect in the woods. Understand what happened. This guy, Johnny Can, saw that Daniel Labby was stealing catalytic converters, which is all the rage now. He chased him. He chased him. He drags him out. And just, they started wrestling. And he grabs the guy's keys and knows that he can't go anywhere from there. And with the help of the canine unit, the police were able to catch him, the catalytic converter thief, three hours later in the Pine Barrens where he was hiding in the woods. And Johnny Can was wounded in the midst of trying to go after this thief. I give this guy a lot of credit, too. Takes a lot of courage to go after a criminal like this. I have to give a commendation to legendary New York radio personality. Actually, that's not accurate. Legend, he's a national radio pro, uh, personality. Uh, radio personality Scott Shannon. Scott Shannon is an icon. And for the last 40 years in New York and nationally, he has been showing how it's done. He was, uh, an, uh, in the 80s, an icon at Z100. He built Z100, really from scratch. Then uh, I got to know him when WPLJ was WABC's sister station. And he, from 1991 through 2014, he was the morning co-host of the Scott and Todd show on PLJ. They did great there. And uh, during a lot of that time, he was also the voice of the Sean Hannity show. And then it looked like he was going to retire. Turned out not to be the case. He came back and then took over mornings at CBS FM. And he's been killing it there with Patty Steele and Brad Blanks. And he announced this week, this past week, that he's going to be retiring. He has had a radio career going back to the 1960s. This is an incredible broadcaster, a great guy. He's still, as some of you may know him from his uh, True Oldies channel, that apparently is still going to continue, and or his syndicated weekend program, America's Greatest Hits. I think that's also going to continue. But as far as being a morning daily radio presence in New Yorkers' lives, he's gone. And you know what I say as somebody that works on a competing radio station? Good riddance. Can't end fast enough because this guy is tremendous. Uh, As somebody that loves great radio, though, and great people, this is a huge loss for the radio listening community. I will say this. I give Scott Shannon credit because he's leaving at a time where he's still on top. 
and not waiting until he is no longer able to do this. So uh, he's going to be missed by a lot of folks. He also has a lot of experience as a program director of different radio stations. WPGC in Washington, D.C., for instance. A number of other stations as well. He is a guy that knows this business as well as anybody. And uh, I'm going to miss him. But uh, maybe we'll get him on the show one of these days now that he's retiring from daily, the rigors of daily radio. Scott Shannon, I do commend you. I must also commend Phil Kessel, a forward for Las Vegas, the uh, hockey team there, the Vegas Golden Knights. He became the NHL's new Iron Man last week, and he did so in style, scoring his 400th career goal. And he has now appeared in 900. 90 consecutive hockey games without missing one. Do you know how difficult that is? I mean, what Cal Ripken Jr. did in baseball, that's incredible. But let's face it, and I'm a baseball fan, that's my sport, but baseball is nowhere near as physically taxing a game as professional hockey is. It's not. I mean, the checks, the skating, the getting hit, the occasional fights – To be able to play in 990 consecutive games, first of all, to be good enough to get to still have the coach want to put you in to 990 straight games, that's an accomplishment. But to have the incredible physical endurance, stamina, dexterity, and strength of will to not miss a game since 2009, I'm in awe of this man. Phil Kessel, I do commend you. I must also commend Sam Adventure Baker, an eight-year-old boy who has become the youngest person ever to ascend Yosemite's El Capitan. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, this is the mountain that Captain Kirk almost falls off towards the beginning of uh, Star Trek V. And sure enough, he has become the youngest person ever to ascend the terrifying rock. Now, some people are trying to give him a hard time. He went up the cliff with his father, but some climbers say the method that he used, known as jugging, is not true climbing. Will you give me a break? The kid's eight years old. I don't care if he uh, took a training wheels up, up to the top of El Capitan. This kid deserves a commendation. My goodness. This El Capitan is a rock formation 3,000 feet above the Yosemite Valley. This is extraordinary. And to have these doubting Thomases call this a publicity hoax, please. Let's see how you were doing when you were eight years old. Uh, I must also commend video gaming. You know, video gaming gets a bad rap, gets blamed for everything, gets blamed for diminishing attention spans, gets blamed for mass shootings. Well, addition, there is a new study out from the Journal of the American Medical Association that shows that video gaming might be associated with better cognitive performance in children. 
A study of nearly 2,000 children found those who reported playing video games for three hours per day or more performed better on cognitive skills tests involving impulse control and working memory compared to children who never played video games. So, look, I'm not saying you should let your kid play video games for three hours, but at least this one study, and look, there's more study needed, but at least this one study seems to show that far from being a negative, that in terms of cognitive ability, there's a lot to be said for uh, allowing your child to play video games. So I think that's great. And finally, I must give a posthumous commendation to legendary pastor Calvin Butts. Calvin Butts... um, was a Harlem preacher who was one of the most gifted orators and one of the brightest political minds ever to come out of Harlem. He raised a billion dollars to remake America's most influential black neighborhoods, just that, influential. He died on Friday at his home in Harlem. He was 73 years old. He was a spiritual leader, not only for the Abyssinian Baptist Church, but for all New York. He was an educator. He was dedicated to the students of SUNY Old Westbury. And uh, it's a real shame that uh, that he's gone. 73 is still just too young. Um, and was really the definition of what an influential black pastor should be. And uh, I, I have not heard anybody say anything negative about him, which when even, when you even tiptoe in the world of politics is pretty rare. All right. Uh, that is this week's ad- edition of Commendations. If there's anyone that you feel received a commendation in error, or if you want to comment on any of the commendations, you're welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 